what is up, everyone? I am so glad to be here. We got some Jack the Ripper stuff. So can you recap us, Nicole? Um. Okay. Oh wait, we gotta do the shots and all that shit. Yeah. Do you did you already do your welcome to new members? No, I haven't yet. All right. So we have a couple of shout outs for this week. Um. Thank you to our newest uh, Supremo members, and that would be Jessica and Rachel. So thanks, guys. Jessica is a brand new member, new Supremo. Rachel has been a taco um, and she just upped her subscription. So thank you guys for that. Um, This surprise shot. Now, if you're wondering about how you can support us currently, you can go to patreon.com slash talk murder and we have three different tiers. So check out the three different tiers. The top tier is our Taco Supremo. You get a shout out, a shot, shot dedicated to you. We have swag. We have a signed Lieutenant Joe Kenda photo to send out to you. Um, and then also we have our taco nachos and small tacos where, you know, we still send out um, some stickers and a card and say thank you and stuff. So um, if you guys like us, I mean, we definitely like you. So, um, so. we like oh. your money too, especially. <laughs> but this surprise <laughs> shot is for Megan. I, I didn't see any request for her, but this shot smells like it might be my new favorite. So I'm intrigued. It does. It reminds me. It smells like a, a juice from when we were a kid. I can't put my finger on it. Jessica and Rachel, thank you so much for joining. And this Megan, thank you so much for requesting a shot. No, know. she didn't request the shot, but oh. at least, but <laughs> this is for her. Um, so I'm still recovering from my incident with the hedge clippers. Um, <laughs> Any, you still, yeah, you still have band-aids. I still have yeah. band-aids and stitches. Are you um, doing trivia? Um, yes. It, but feel free to pop in your questions if you have them. Don't even, ask, you don't have to ask, just do. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. All right. Cheers. This better wake me up. Cheers. Cheers. Ugh. I really liked it. It kind of tastes like a Jolly Rancher. It's a, it's a pucker. It's a island punch pucker. Mm. So A little cough syrupy, but you I, know. You know what would be really good with that? <laughs> what alcohol is in a little cough syrupy, right? What would what? be really good with this is if you put Pop Rocks in your mouth first and then drink this. Ooh. Pop Rocks, you know. The, yeah. They still make those or not? Yeah, yeah, I think so. This is the direction I want to go, especially with this case. I want to do episodes as I research in real time. And I'm going back to the beginning. So basically, here's what I want to do with Jack the Ripper and all these torso murders. I want to like try to live in the time of what the Londoners were seeing in the newspaper and what everyone was talking about. So you giving up electricity? They No, they had electricity then. Yeah. Ah, dude. When was electricity invented? 600 BC. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's not correct. (laughs) That's what it says. What the fuck? Is that Google or ChatGPT? Maybe we. No, it's just a Bing. Maybe Maybe we've shifted timelines, (laughs) y'all. We're in an alternate dimension. (laughs) What the fuck? This is not right. Look. (laughs) <laughs> oh shit! There you go. There you go. Six hundred BC. <laughs> I mean, okay, that was it's a traced that like that's not the answer we were looking for. Bing. That's why nobody fucking uses you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> also, in the Discord, I have a Jack the Ripper thread uh, going up right now, including that article that I that I referenced, or, or I, I went back and looked that article up about the, the baby's body, and there was nowhere, and this is like the first time I was in Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. What baby? Like, I never go to Wikipedia, but I was just like, I've got to see if they mention this. And Wikipedia, is they would mention it, I would imagine. Yeah. You know? Oh, there was no, there was no wording of that, of a baby boy being, or was it a girl? A boy. A baby boy. boy being in the river. So. Hang on, I get, we got to catch everybody up from that episode. Okay, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, so, okay, so we did a short episode this week and the it was a murder, a torso that was five years earlier than the one we covered last week. So, okay, so five years earlier from the one that we covered on Saturday, there was, it was the first torso found. There was a head found, um, but it was beyond recognition. So there were a couple of interesting clues that I think John went back to the original newspapers and found that I don't think were widely publicized in the torso murder cases so far. So a couple of interesting things. There was tar on her, on the body's arm. Okay, stop right there. So before you go any further, let me break down really quick the Jack the Ripper case in a nutshell. This is three different- Or torso case. Yeah, but all of it's combined-ish. That's what what we're doing, this whole like lineage. So it's kind of like um, like the California, what is it? But there's three- there's three separate unsolved cases that have multiple murders in them. The first one being the torso, the Tim's torso murders, also called the embankment murders because the bodies were found like in the water and were deposited like on the embankment, right? The second being the White Chapel murders, which we're going to get into today. And the third being Jack the Ripper. So no one knows if they're all related, but they are going on at the exact same time. Okay, so there were a couple of interesting clues. Like there were was tar on the arm. And the torso or lower part of the body was found with a baby infant boy, mm-hmm. which is not something that was widely published. That's what John was saying earlier in it's not something that other was, research. It's not something that anyone has found. So we knew that it was a mother because of the, the um, breast was suckled. So we knew it was like a mother. Um, and <laughs> what was the other really r- random thing? Um, the elbow was burned. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And there was a dead baby by it. That was I a pretty big I already said that. One. Yeah, I said that one. So, <laughs> so this is five. This was the first torso murder. I'm not saying that Jack the Ripper is the torso killer because the torsos, the torso murders happened 19, 1873 to 1874. The Jack the Ripper-ish murders happened 1888. That's a big gap. So like I said, I'm going to be doing these episodes as I research them. And I'm not reading any books for this. I'm only reading old ass newspapers, which take a long time to freaking read these damn things. But I want to try to feel like what they, for instance, there's a paper today that we're going to talk about, right? It's a letter that Jack the Ripper wrote, supposedly. Mm. And there's a phrase in this letter that I found before he sent the letter. So, which is, I think, unique because most likely Jack the Ripper is reading the newspaper. So it's also really cool that like I'm reading this same paragraph as this unsolved monster. Huh. The same, he was reading the same shit. Mm. Oh yeah, that's and, really cool. Actually. I know. It's like, and so that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm going back to the front and I'm not reading any any new books or anything. I'm going to try to figure it out myself based on the time period. Mm. So I like I, that. So I may miss some stuff that have has been suggested in, you know, in the 2000s or whatever because I haven't got there yet. Eventually I will encap. 
encapsulate it all, but I feel like it's way cooler to go back and try to solve it. Yeah, because I, I literally am the only guy that's talking about that dead baby in the freaking river. That's a fucking huge thing, man. And also, here's a interesting thing. There are a lot of dead bodies in the Thames because I was going through the years in the newspapers and it was just like mostly suicides. Hmm, body after body. Body after body showing up. There were uh, like a mother would slit her throats of her children and just lay there. There was even one woman that got <laughs> that got uh, literally torn apart by a bull. Oh, and they the paper like described it. It was What's crazy. What's the bull doing in central London? All right, so here's where we're going. Thirty three Fitzroy Square, which probably obviously looked nothing like this back in the day. Pretty sure they didn't have a cell tower right here. <laughs> Thirty three Fitzroy Square, eight o'clock Wednesday morning, October twenty fourth, eighteen eighty four. Four years later, okay. this is still part of the Thames Torso Murders, also called the Embankment Murders. A policeman walking by 33 Fitzroy Square looks down and he sees a mysterious package. Now, this is this is freaking the start of something here because obviously we know what's in that package, but this isn't found in the River Thames. It's not found in the water. This mm-hmm. is purposely placed as to someone to find. And not only that, he's placing it at a, a very police patrolled area. What I showed you on Google Earth, 33 Fitzroy Square at the time was the armory for all the police and their their firearms. That's where they get their ammo. So police are in and out of there all the time. So for someone to place a package there is very ballsy. Mm, agree. So do you think they wanted it to be found and like made really public? This would be the first time that that would be the case. So no one has solved the embankment murders. We did that story last time four years ago. Perhaps that wasn't even related. Hmm. Perhaps it was a different person altogether. You know, we don't know. Right. But inside of that brown paper parcel was the portion of a trunk of a human body. It was also in the advanced stages of uh, decomposition. So here's what happened. The caretaker of the property who closed up the night before that Tuesday night smelled something terrible, but he thought it was sewer gas. So he just said, oh, okay, well, there's nothing to see here and then left it. And in the morning is when the police found it. Discovery of human remains found in London. Eight o'clock on Wednesday morning, policeman who was passing 33 Fitzroy Square, he went down and found the portion of the trunk to be human body in an advanced stage of decomposition. The remains were part of a woman's body and were probably deposited around 10, 15 p.m. that night. It was also the same remains of another woman that was found a week before, which I couldn't even find information on. The newspapers just did not cover that, but they did map, they did piece those two together. The other portions last week that were found before this one were of the following. A human skull, an arm, and a portion of a leg. The right arm was tattooed two inches above the wrist, and the police surmised that this may be a prostitute because she had a tattoo. I guess tattoos were very Very rare at that time, especially for women. Yeah. So who was Jack the Ripper killing? Prostitutes, right? Mm -hmm. So So this may be be the first first one. one. Yeah. It's like a a crossing over of uh, styles and victim. Mm. Yeah. So this could very well be the 
the first one. And like Jack, the like this shit is brut- brutal, man. Like the stuff we're going to talk about, like the ripping out the organs and stuff. So maybe he was just taking it slow at first by just dissecting a torso. But I'm telling you, like he gets real brutal. So maybe this was like a the first canvas he was using. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's definitely the first time whoever did this wanted to be public, I believe. Because the other ones just dumped in the, the river, mm-hmm. right? All right, so this woman was between 25 and 40 years old. So according to the inquest that was done on this woman, so what they do is they bring the witnesses who found it and they bring all these medical experts and then they make a verdict of basically guilty by human murder or whatever. Obviously, they don't have a person, but they're just trying to lay all the facts out. Some parts may have been missing on this woman and some were found earlier, like I, I said, and they put them together. There were actually two men arrested for this crime. This is something I also haven't seen anywhere else. They arrested two men who I do not know their name because it's not been mentioned any more than one time, but they arrested two men, but they they didn't have enough evidence to to hold them. These men were backdoor abortionists, Ah, which, which is super interesting in this case, as you'll see here why in a second. It says right here in this paper, up to the present time, he had not been able to identify the prove the identity of the body. Men had been placed to keep observations on various spots of the district, but no further remains had been discovered. In reply to a juryman, the inspector said that when any houses were reported to them as suspicious, being backdoor abortion clinics, observation was kept on them, and within a short period, two persons had been convicted on charges of abortion. Abortion was a big thing. I think it's still illegal in London or in the United Kingdom, but it is very looked down on over there. Mm-hmm. Here, we're kind of willy-nilly. We got states doing whatever they want type of things. You know what I'm saying? But in London or in England, it is strictly prohibited, especially in these times. But prostitutes, especially, were getting pregnant all the time. They had to have abortions. So now we kind of like go back to last week when we talked about that dead baby in there. Maybe that was hmm. some kind of abortion. Not abortion, but... It could have been like... Exactly, yeah. Crazy. Well, it could have been maybe... I wonder... No, no. It would have been post-birth. Yeah, exactly. But like infant... was it? Infanticide. Yeah, there you go. All right. So about this woman, which we don't have a picture. It is just her torso and her arm. So there's no really picture of that. But some portions, which is something I also did not see anywhere else. Some portions of her body were covered with chloride of lime, which is a common bleaching powder, especially back in the day. Hmm. So it's not like lime you put on uh, on a body part to to dispose of it faster. You know why they would put lime chloride of lime on the body? No. All right. So I looked up the uses of chloride of lime and and how to dispose of a body. That's interesting. Yeah. Poor Google search. So it's used, and I, I specifically asked in 1884 how would it be used. It's also known as calcium hypochlorite, and is primarily used as a disinfectant and bleaching. They put it on this body to mask the smell, which is crazy because they wanted the body to be found. So why do they care if it smelled or not? It actually has preservative effects, which they could have used it for that as well, you know. Interesting. It's a disinfecting agent, bleaching agent, sanitation, deodorizing preservative. I asked, okay, well, in 1884, chloride of lime, how widely available is this? Is this something that only a certain amount of people in the community have access to? Kind of like the tar, right? Right. Who has access to the tar because the tar was found on the woman's body. Mm. The chloride of lime, however, was pretty common. Okay. Industry 
industry, workers, manufacturers, public health officials, pharmacists, hospitals, healthcare, farmers, uh, agri-workers, ship crews, dock workers, domestic workers, general stores, like everyone has this shit, right? Okay, so that that is giving me no lead whatsoever because it's so available. Mm-hmm. The coroner said on this body part found, quote, some signs of skill in the disarticulation of the joints, removal of the internal organs, and the separation of the lower part of the body. So they're seeing now that someone is taking time to do this, right? Someone's mm-hmm. taking time to go and, and cut out the organs. The paper says the theory here is they wanted to perhaps hide the sex, which is crazy. I mean, they did take like the genitals off completely, but I don't know why they would hide the sex. Quote, the way in which the joints had been disarticulated showed that whoever did it knew where to find them properly. The coroner reported also, because we had thoughts about maybe this is a medical student freaking playing a sick joke. At the right. time, there were at the time there were extremely restrictive regulations on hospitals and medical institutions, and it would be practically impossible for some you know student or students to take a body part they're all accounted for even if they cut the arm off which happens a lot so what you see now is someone who is skilled in the medical profession or a butcher or a butcher who is skilled in doing this so mm-hmm. that's that's where we're we're at right now right did they look into butchers for Jack the Ripper because I feel like I've always heard about the theory of it being a medical professional since the, the cuts were so precise and clean no. So on the last episode, I, I don't know how I don't know how deep anyone has thought that he was a butcher. I thought that for a while and I, I still do because of the way the first body was found. And he kind of just pulled it from the joints and even cut down the freaking pelvis. It, it had to be some kind of brute to do it. Because I mean, I feel like that's a that's a good theory. And it also um, would make I feel like there are more butchers than doctors or maybe maybe there are more doctors than butchers. I don't know. But I feel like it might be easier for someone to um, relocate and get a job as a butcher than a doctor. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like the. All right. So here's one of the most important things about the the embankment murders. It's got to be close to the river. Like whoever's doing this isn't walking 10 blocks to go to the river. Right. They have to be pretty close because not only do you not want to carry around someone's head in a bag, but the body parts themselves, like the pelvis with the legs attached or whatever, that shit heavy. So whoever's carrying it, that's 30, 40 pounds. They're lugging that around. So it's got to be someone close to the embankment area. There's been a lot of speculation in the newspapers that I've been reading that it could possibly be a barge worker. Mm someone that works in the barges because a lot of these guys come from other places and, you know, they kind of follow the goods importing into wherever they're coming into. So it could be someone not even from this area. Plus, I mean, look how look how spread out they are. I mean, this guy didn't freaking walk 10, 20 blocks sometimes with a torso in his bag. I don't think it would be. And there was actually one uh, one, the, the one we covered last week, There, the um, the actual arm or whatever they found in these marshes mm-hmm. that would have been impossible to for the current to push it there. Someone actually had to drop it off in those marshes. Kind of crazy. Mm. So like they would have to be on the water is what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you, there's no way to throw it into the marsh. I mean, you're like throwing it like Tom Brady throws, you know. I mean, you have to like lug it. So it was it was postulated that it was probably someone on a barge that dropped just it off. Dropped it off, yeah. That was just one body part. Makes sense. So. The verdict, the jury having viewed the remaining 
remains of a woman whose age is believed to be from 25 to 40 years of age said the remains having been found in various places in the parish parishes of St. Giles and St. Pancras are strongly of opinion that although the medical witnesses are unable to assign the cause of death owing to the advanced state of decomposition in the absence of the viscera and other internal organs from the character of the evidence generally, death did not arise from natural causes, but they believe an abortion had been previous to death, either attempted or completed, and that some person or persons are thereby chargeable with the cause of death. So this is a theory that I haven't I also haven't seen. Perhaps whoever's doing these embankment murders is a back, uh, back alley abortionist who's just not very good and botches the abortion. And then uses it as an opportunity to kill? I mean, yeah, I guess. Or maybe they kill the woman while doing this and now they had to get rid of it. That's how Perhaps they, that's how they lure them in because Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Which also goes it goes so hand in hand with Jack the Ripper because Jack the Ripper, he is killing prostitutes, women of the night. Those are frequent and, clients. And these right here, so 1887, 1888 is when Jack the Ripper is supposedly working in the area, killing prostitutes. Like this is it, right? I mean, this is possibly the same dude. Yep. That's why I said they arrested two men who have never been named for at least giving abortions. Maybe they should have pressed them a little little harder to see, you know, who's doing this. But at this time, London was getting afraid. But as as I see it through the newspapers, it's just like, oh, that's oh, that's gross. It's just like people are reading it. It's like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh my God, it's horrible. But then the papers start really pulling up these the the horrid details because also they want to sell papers. Right. So that's one of the reasons why Jack the Ripper gets so famous so quick. And then it becomes a sensation in in a relatively mm. quick time. But this is the start of it. People are like, oh, that's disgusting. Then they start buying more papers. Oh, I, I got to see, you know, this, what happened to this woman's <laughs> oh, torso. Oh, it's just, it's just so terrible. Yeah. So they start. That's kind of like the nature of what, exactly what we do. So really. I was going to say, that's, a, that's it right here. So that's what's cool about going back like this. And I know it's not as like fun as doing like the most gruesome at first, but I can see that the the ones we're doing now, page eight, page nine, you can see through the months as they start moving up in the pages and eventually, real soon, front page, everything, boom, horrid details, the, you know, sensational photos. It escalates real quick. And the reason being is because newspapers were trying to sell more papers. Hmm, sure. And that's how they did it. That makes sense. So this was the first time like a serial killer has been glorified and used to sell papers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, yep. it's nuts. It goes, if you read it from the newspapers, you see the progression and you see the public fear too. It is interesting that it's like one of the first, you know, cases or that makes murder sensational. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And what true crime is today, right? Yeah. Well, I think whoever did this, it's also the first, allow me to go back a little bit and show you an unrelated case, but the only of its kind. So this is these embankment murders, these torso murders, and the Jack the Ripper Whitechapel murders are of mutilations. Okay, there was one paper I found that tried to figure out if anything like this has been done before. And they referenced two papers from the 1700s. And I kind of want to go over the stories real quick. It's nothing nothing too big. But this is, this is the only thing you have up until these torso killings, right? And it says, in old volumes of criminal, uh, can't read that, several cases have been found to almost exactly parallel with that of the recent tragic occurrence in Whitechapel. Human nature under similar conditions 
often acts the same way. All right, so this one, 1763, they're trying to compare it to what they're seeing now. Mm -hmm. In 1763, a Mrs. Annie King, a woman of, quote, doubtful character, which I don't know whether... Does that mean prostitute? Yeah, probably. Uh, Yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) (laughs) Good movie. Yeah. She lived in Leicester Fields. So this isn't the Embankment Murders. This is 1763. I'm literally just... Comparing. Comparing. The only other time they're finding torsos even even in the River Thames. There are a lot of dead bodies in that river every day. And it's crazy because I don't know if they knew this at the time, but all the bodies were of extremely well-dressed. And I was like, does that mean they're rich? But no, as I continue reading, because they were all dressed nicely. It's because when you, if you commit suicide, a lot of people, they dress, they put their best clothes on and they put their best makeup on. They want to look the best they can before they commit suicide. I don't think they knew that back then, but it's kind of weird to see that. Like all the women were dressed really elegantly and then they jump off the freaking pier or jump off the uh, yeah, whatever. the bridge. The bridge, yeah. Anyway, so I'm just going to go over this uh, real quick. It was a woman killer and her lover, Theodore Gardel, a French portrait painter. Mm. They were both arrested. like when you do French girls. Mm. They were both arrested and in their loft, there were ashes of her husband and half calcined human bones. So this was like the first time the papers ever covered anyone trying to cut up the body to get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. To um, to actually dispose of it and not get caught type of thing. Yeah. Going to another one, another murder with mutilation occurred last century, that of John Hayes and his wife, by his wife and two accomplices. The man was murdered with a, pel- a poleaxe when drunk, hit by his wife and her paramours. His head was then cut off and it was proposed to have been boiled. But this being thought to slow a scheme, it was carried in a pail to a horse ferry at Westminster and they're thrown into the Thames. The woman was caught and this is crazy and freaking nuts. When Miss Hayes's, when Miss Hayes was arrested and shown the head, she once fell to her knees and cried out, oh, it is my dear husband's head. She embraced that the head was in a glass, like a, you know, a, like a jar. A jar. They showed it Big to her. Jar. She takes the jar and she starts kissing the jar and embraced and kissed the glass that contained it. It sounds like a scene from a really bad horror movie. And then I was yeah. like, okay, can this get any better? And it does. Quote, she then requested that it might be taken out of the case and she then kissed it. So this is just the head. She's kissing her severed <laughs> husband's lips out of a jar. I mean... <laughs> I would not. (laughs) Then she requested that it might be taken out of the glass and then she kissed it and in great agony begged to have a lock of the hair and then fainted. That seems like what a woman would do. (laughs) Anyway, so that is the only time that this has been seen and that was a hundred years ago, right? Nuts. We are done with the embankment murders, and now we are actually going to talk about Jack the Ripper and the Whitechapel murders. There are 11 murders that he may have been involved in. However, the canonical five is what is believed he is directly responsible for. But these 11, called the Whitechapel murders, this is the first one. We got to start here first, like I said. And this is before all the hype, but it's getting up there, man. I'm telling you guys, I'll put all these papers on the Discord. You can see the hype building. 
and building. I honestly believe there were newspapers started because of this, because you see all kinds of newspapers popping up around this time just to get in on this shit. But if you want to read this. I keep hearing White Castle. (laughs) Right? I do too. Uh, Fatal outrage on a woman. A widow named Emma Elizabeth Smith, aged 45 of Spitalfields, was returning home late on Easter Monday. And when, when in Whitechapel Road, she was set upon and brutally maltreated by some men at present unknown. She was taken to the London hospital where she died this morning from the injuries received. We're talking about the first murder of the Whitechapel series. This is April 4th, 1888, Sunday, 4 to 5 a.m. Now, this is this is weird. Most people, most historians don't think that this is Jack the Ripper. The reason being because this woman, number one, wasn't dead. She lived for 24 hours, died in the hospital. And number two, she says a group of three men did this to her. But this one's important because as the murders progress, this became the baseline for the Whitechapel murders completely. So this was the first of the Whitechapel murders. Has it ever been explored that Jack the Ripper could have been more than one person acting together? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people think that this may be something like this. Yeah, but as you'll that, see, when you said that, that it kind of, because I thought that earlier and I didn't ask it, but now I'm wondering, like, maybe Jack the Ripper doesn't stand for, well, I, I guess that wasn't his name per se, but that's what they called the him. Moniker, but, like, yeah. but like, maybe it was a group of people that were skilled. Maybe it was a group of people that had Rap the same scallions. skill. Yeah. I bet his name was like Kyle or something. Did I ever tell you my Kyle story? <laughs> I don't think now's the time. It's not a bad story. It's just irrelevant, but go on. Every Who's time Kyle? Someone... Is that the Folly Beach guy? No, that's Carl. Carl. I don't talk to him anymore. I hope he's doing well. Emma Elizabeth Smith, what's her name? Okay, so this woman, this is four in the morning. She's a she's a widow, a 45-year-old widow, and she's a prostitute. She's got to make a living somehow. She is living in a group home sort of thing on 18th George Street where there's other lodgers who were her friends. And this is five in the morning, and she walks back to the lodge on George Street. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. She is crawling like a dog that just got hit by a car. Oh. I saw Murphy out there. Well. Not that he's going to get hit by a car, but. Is that on your Christmas wish list? No. Anyway. The birthday wish list. Like a, like a dog crawling after he got hit by a car, she was back to her living quarters. She was mangled, completely mangled, unrecognizable to her friends at the home. Now, this is 5 a.m. in the morning. She said that she had gotten drunk when they asked her, because I'm going to show you, she was mutilated, but still alive. Mm. She had gotten drunk and she said that she was, quote, acting like a mad woman, end quote. And why did I put default setting there? Maybe I was thinking so. Default normal. A group of men had jumped her, threw her out of a window and beat her about the head. Her face was bleeding and she said that she was also injured about the lower part of the body. What does that mean? Now, this woman is dying. She's only going to live a few more minutes. She can't identify these people, these three guys. She said they were about 19 years old. She says, I'm beaten about my head, but there's trauma on the lower part of my body. What do you, okay, let's take a look. In the London hospital, the doctors saw what she was talking about. The medical professionals noticed something was shoved inside her. Quote, an iron instrument was thrust into her vagina. It was a long stake. Or something. A pipe, yeah, to, to mount something down. Does anyone else do a Kegel when you talk about vaginal trauma, or is it just me? I do that, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Well, clenching. Yeah. Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. At this point in London, prostitution is rampant, as you're about to see in one of the letters sent to 
to one of the publishers. There was London. I don't know about now, but at the time, there were the, ma- the majority of London was the slums, prostitutes, drugs, alcohol, all kinds of bad juju. Everyone's broke. The poverty rate is through the roof. People are starving to death. There's no homes to live on. People are just living on the streets. It was a bad deal back then. Yeah. So with all of this, you have these you know, prostitutes, the oldest profession in the world, and the Jack the Ripper thing is just a manifestation of what Londoners were feeling at the time, honestly. Mm. If you think about it that way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Also, like, even though today in 2023 isn't great, we have all this natural disaster and pandemics and aliens and all of this. I would much rather live today than back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We're so lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, super lucky to be living today. Yep. Air conditioning. And I c- can't imagine living Cars, without that. Cars. Airplanes. Yep. Oh, fuck airplanes. <laughs> okay, boats. Oh, boats were a thing back then, but like powered boats. Yeah. Lots lots of good things in technology. Computers. And lots of bad. Yeah, just to reiterate, so mental health and suicide is a big topic today, but dude, go back and look at these papers from London, man. One year alone, it was like over a thousand people jumped into the Thames. It was literally every day, you know. <laughs> they were killing themselves left and right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? Well, also back, <laughs> but I mean, when you think about it, back then, mental health care was not anywhere near to where it is today. Oh, yeah. I mean, even though today a lot of it is prescription, but the emphasis on the importance of getting mental mental health care is, well, it's still not where it needs to be. But it's much, much better than it was in the 1800s. The further you go back in time with the law enforcement in particular, the law enforcement back then and the professionals, they weren't out to protect protect and serve the public, like their motto is today, right? They were just out to keep the public in check. They were hired by the the wealthy class because there was no middle class. The middle class came with the Industrial Revolution. Mm -hmm. And then we got the textiles and the the iPhones and all that shit. Became the middle class. iPhones were a little bit later, but we'll go with it. Well, I'm saying there was only two classes. There was the bourgeoisie and and the the proletariat. Yeah. The proletariat. Yeah. So, and the proletariat was 99.9%. Everyone was poor. And then the Industrial Revolution happened, working people to death like slaves and killing them off with work. But then you formed the middle class. But at the time, like during this time, there was no middle class. So it was just the cops just to keep the the lower class in check. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's all they were there for. That's why, like, we talked about if someone killed your daughter. Okay, it ain't like today where the police are going to, detectives are going to launch this investigation. You You have to go pay to get evidence. You have to pay pay for everything. And even then, the magistrate that you have to pay has to approve before he takes the case in which you have to pay for the lawyers and everything else. You, No one can do that, obviously. Yeah. I mean, who the fuck is going to be able to do that? That's why these murders are just like, just no one cared, seemed like, because yeah. no one did. The house surgeon, Mr. George Hayslip, deposed that she had suffered a very serious rupture. Her right ear was torn and bleeding and... She had said right before she died that around 1.30, she was going by the Whitechapel Church and saw men coming. She crossed the street, but they followed her, assaulted her, robbed her, and then, quote, commenced to outrage her, sticking this iron pole into her vagina, which has never been seen before. These guys were about 19 years old. She died, and the, the statement from the hospital said that she...
she was beaten with great force and punctured her peritoneum and she died of basically uh infection inside of her right so this is the first of the white chapel murders this is the first six right here all right let's end this shit up man we're officially on to the jack the ripper white chapel thing tuesday october 1888 shortly after five o'clock in the p.m shortly after five o'clock a cardboard box with a letter attached to it what's in the box since lost to history as well as what's in the box the letter that was sent was lost but it arrived at the Whitechapel vigilance committee it was addressed to mr george lusk who was the self-appointed self-appointed Whitechapel. it's like a uh, a vigilante group trying to catch jack the ripper hmm, interesting so a letter in a box and the letter was lost but oh my god i have the actual letter <gasps> how did i get this oh. wow i know things worth a fortune so another horror another one another one a letter in a box a letter in a box arrives at this guy's house the letter says can't even read this is so old and frail it starts off from hell oh mr lisk sir i send you half the kidney misspelled i took from one woman preserved it for you preserved is mil- misspelled preserved preserved the other piece i fried and ate other Ew. It, oh i did not know that it was see that coming no it was very nice i may send you the bloody knife that took it out if only wait a while longer and the word wait and while is spelled misspelled old english signed catch me when you can mr lusk oh in the box was a cutout kidney of a woman jack the ripper had just killed three weeks ago a human kidney in a box bloody everywhere so half of the human he sent this through the postage service and it got to the head of the task force assigned to catch jack the ripper jack the ripper sent him the kidney and says the other piece i fried and ate it was very nice i didn't know they ate fried food back then so this is the letter right here you see perhaps you see the original letter you see how it's written and it says from hell the kidney was divided longitudinally also the other half of the kidney so there was only one kidney he cooked and ate it this is jack the ripper this is crazy right Mm -hmm. crazy shit so that's where i want to stop for this episode but we are on jack the ripper this is where it gets crazy the next episode the other 11 in white chapel they're not sure if they're yeah they don't know so there's three different cases going on at the same time the torso the the torso embankments the white chapel murders and then there's five that are like definitely jack Ripper. definitely jack the ripper in interceded with the white chapel murders same time all happening at the same time same time not only that but it gets crazy because there are fake letters coming in over a hundred are perhaps real there are a hundred letters sent from this jack the ripper guy but a lot of them are fake like because killer mm-hmm. a lot of them are fake to sell newspapers so some of them are proven the editors have written oh, but it's fucked up yeah but the ones that i know but this one's real obviously if they come with a kidney it's, it's fucking real yeah <laughs> okay that that's that tracks. So this, some, some newspaper editor would have to go through some great legs. He's like, yeah, chopping up his wife. Like, hold steady, dear. This will this will sell more papers. But this is where it gets crazy. So I can't wait to do these episodes uh, for you, Supremos out there. Like I said, we're gonna be recording during the week. This, you know, little ones about Jack the Ripper stuff I find here and there that are really important, just for you guys, and then some of the alien stuff. So we're gonna do that. And I guess that's it for today. Mm-hmm. So anyway, hope cool. you guys enjoyed it. All right. See you next week, guys, at the very least. All right. Well, until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. 
run this shit. 